I was going to ask you a question, but I'm going to ask you plenty of questions today. Are you glad to be here this morning? Yeah. All right, let me ask you this. Why are you here this morning? You don't have to answer me out loud, but why are you here this morning? We're in our second week of Here I Am to Worship, and you see there's a question mark at the end of that. We're, we're talking about worship, and, and the reason that we're talking about, the reason there's a question mark is, is because I know that there's a lot of times that we come together as the body of Christ, that we come together, and while we say we come to worship, and maybe even we sing about coming to worship, there's a lot of other stuff going on in our minds and in our hearts. And, and I think if you and I are really honest, there are times that we come here and we say we're coming to worship, but maybe we're, maybe we're not really focused in the right place. Listen, I, my prayer for us today is that as we talked about last week, last week we talked about expectation, that when you come into service, when you come into worship together, and listen, worship is much bigger than just what happens in the sanctuary. Worship is something you do every day, but we're really focusing on our gathering for worship, and, and even though it happens all the time, when we come together, there's a lot of times that that we miss it. And last week we talked about expectation and that our main expectation in coming into worship should be to meet with the living God. I got some good news for you today. God is here. God is with us. And, and God, the most important thing you can do today is not sing or see family or any of that stuff. The most important thing you can do is to meet with the living God. And so last week we talked about expectation. Have you ever been asked this question, maybe in school, maybe as an icebreaker for a group, but if there was one person that you could meet from all of history, who would it be? I, I want, let's have some fun with this. I want you to turn to somebody around you. If you could meet and spend some time with one person in all of history, who would it be? Go ahead, think about it. I'm not giving you long, so think quick. All right, now, now as you're wrapping that up, <clears throat> as you're wrapping that up, let me say this. If, let's just pretend for a second that that person you just thought of, the one person you would meet through all of history, that person, let's just think that in an hour from now, you were going to meet that person. How would you feel? What, what would you be thinking? Where would your head, where would your heart be? What would you be thinking? You'd probably be sitting there thinking things like, um, oh, what am I going to have for lunch today? Um, today's football. Can't wait to watch football. And you'd probably be, no, you would be thinking about the person that you wanted to meet. And have you ever had one of those nights where you just couldn't sleep and you keep waking up because something big is happening the next day and all you can think about and focus on is that thing? If we are expecting, if we are coming to worship, to our service, expecting to meet the living God, our expectation is in the right place. Man, our minds should be focused in. We shouldn't be focused on lunch. We shouldn't be focused on football. We shouldn't be focused on the problems around us. We should be focused on God. 
The living God is here with us. Listen, all of the people that you thought of earlier are nothing compared to the living God that's here and wants to meet with you today. The living God is here. So today we're going to talk about what rightly happens when we get our expectations in the right place, when we expect, when we come to worship expecting to meet the living God, what happens? We praise God. Adoration. There is no way that you can be 100% focused on who God is and what God's done and not be in a place of praise. So we're working through the Psalms. We're gonna be in Psalm 103 today. It's a Psalm of David, King David. And we don't know when David wrote this Psalm, but odds are it's after he's been seasoned in life and has experienced God's grace and God's mercy. And so Psalm 103 is a Psalm of David and we're gonna break this into three parts. The first one, I would say, is a call to worship, and it's David calling himself to worship. The second part is a big part, and that's the reason for worship, and then the third part is the outcome of worship. So we're going to jump right in, Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2. It says, praise the Lord, my soul. All that all my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. So David, writing the psalm, listen, I, I know that we haven't sang three songs and so you're not warmed up, but I need you to focus in here because we are here to meet the living God and we are here to worship, to praise God. So as we study Psalm 103, I want you to be focused in here. David starts this psalm by saying, praise the Lord, my soul. David is calling himself to worship. So in the church, we have a thing called a call to worship where we we invite you into worship. The goal of that is to get you into a place of worship. That's what David's doing right now. He says, praise the Lord, oh my soul. David understands that he is in the presence of of the living God, and that the appropriate response is praise. It's not thinking about other things. It's not being focused on other things. It's praise to the Lord. The word praise there is translated barak. That's the original word. And that word means to kneel or to bless. So David comes into the presence of God And he comes in and he wants to bless God. He says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I want to kneel, I want to worship you. So just picture with me, you're you're watching one of those shows. Uh, We don't really know this well in America, but you're watching one of those shows and there's a king that's entering the room. What do you do when the king enters the room? Anybody? Okay, I got a few people with me. Way to go. You, you bow when the king enters the room. You guys have seen movies and shows, right? When, <clears throat> when the king enters the room, you bow down because the king is worthy. What David is saying is, praise the Lord. I want to bow before the Lord. I want to praise him because he's worthy. And so we're not just talking about any old king here. We're talking about the king of kings we're talking about, all, I mean, who did you mention? Does anyone want to share the person you wanted to meet earlier? Anyone? Help me out. Jesus? Jesus? Oh, that's a pretty good one. All right, church answer. Way to go. Anyone else? 
Shaquille O'Neal, you're a liar, but that's my answer, yeah. (laughs) Thanks for getting that out there. Let me tell you this. Shaquille O'Neal, it would be awesome to meet him. I'm a big Shaquille O'Neal fan, if you didn't know that. Uh, Basketball player, seven foot one, awesome, dunks on people. He's awesome. Um, Abraham Lincoln, maybe, maybe some of you thought Abraham Lincoln or someone like that. Listen, those people pale in comparison to the God that we are here to worship. Nobody is more worthy of praise than our God. And so our worship is a response to God's worthiness. But, but David doesn't stop just by saying praise his name. He goes on and he says, praise his holy name with all my inmost being. If we're talking about true worship, we're not talking about lip service. We're not talking about ritual. We're talking about praising God with everything we have. And so David says, praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise him with all my inmost being. Let's, let's just, let's be honest with each other. Sometimes you come into worship Sometimes I come into worship and we sing our praises to God, but our whole self isn't in it. Would you nod your head if you would say that you've been there before? I'm going to call you liars if you don't tell me the truth. All my inmost being. Sometimes we come into worship and and we sing, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy. Is that, is that worshiping with all you have? You've done this though, right? Sometimes you guys just stand there and you don't even sing. I watch you. Sometimes it's just like, mm-mm, you're not getting anything out of me. David says, praise the Lord, oh my soul, with everything within me. It's not Bless the Lord. Oh my. It's bless the Lord. God is good. David is saying God is worthy of everything I have inside of me. And so it's not some passive, it's not some lip service, it's not some ritual. We praise God because he is worthy. He is awesome. Are you with me today? What? All right, thank you. We're not a big amen congregation, are we? We're not a real expressive congregation, but listen, you can't praise God with everything you have and not engage in meeting with him. So David says, praise the Lord, all my inner being. See, there is no such thing as partial worship. When we worship, we have to worship him with everything that we have. There's no halfway. There's no standing there pretending that you're worshiping. And it's really easy to do. But we come expecting to meet the living God. And if you're expecting to meet the living God, then your praise better be with everything you have. That takes some work, doesn't it? So I, I'm, I'm a coach. This is my first year coaching. I'm the assistant coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Actually, the Westchester Seahawks. It is the kindergarten LSO Seahawks. It's Jack's kindergarten football team. And I am the assistant coach. Let me tell you why I'm the assistant coach. Because I watched the coach the first practice just struggling and struggling. And I thought one of us should step up and help him. You guys should do that. And nobody did it. 
And so finally I, I walked up and I said, hey man, do you need help? And he said, yeah, get in here, I need you. So yesterday was our first game. The last practice we tried to put in a play the play was dive left. We say hike, we hand the ball to the running back, the running back runs. Simple, right? We spent the entire practice learning, snap the ball, hand the ball, run. The whole practice. So we, starting the game yesterday, or get, getting to the game, we had one play, and it was we're going to hand you the ball and you're going to run. So right before the game, coach is like, hey, we got to put in two more plays. And I was like, this, this should be fun. <laughs> and so we put in these plays, and, and then we get into the game, and I'm the defensive coach, all right? If, I am, if I'm being judged on my performance as a defensive coach yesterday, I am fired. It was rough. And so here's how it played out. I want you to feel how this played out. So I come out and I'm like, all right, hey, I'm using fake names. Maybe one of them's in here. I don't, I don't want to offend anyone. But I'm like, hey, Billy, all right, Billy, you're going to be over here. And Billy's over there like, <laughs> looking at anything in the world other than the game. Billy, hey, Billy, Billy, you're, I need you over here. Hey, Billy, Billy. Billy, I actually did this a few times. Billy. And finally, Billy would look and I'd say, I need you right there. And Billy would go. <laughs> but you know what? Eric. Eric would walk right to the spot that Billy was supposed to be. And it was like, what? You're not, guys, get your head in the game. And the whole time, I'm like, guys, all right, what's our number one job? Don't let them run around the end. As soon as they snap the ball, what do they do? They run around the end. And I'm like, come on, guys. And our team just wasn't there. <laughs> they weren't focused in. They were looking at everything in the world other than what was happening, and sometimes that's us in worship. We go through the motions, we say the words, we sing, but if we're being honest, our hearts and our minds are all over the place. And so David says, praise the Lord, my soul, but not just praise the Lord with my lips, praise the Lord with everything I have. There's no halfway. We are all in. And so this is an intentional thing that you and I have to do when we come into worship. We have to focus in on God. <clears throat> There's a good movie, it's For the Love of the Game. It's about a pitcher in baseball. It's Kevin Costner. And in that movie, there's, there's this thing that he does where he's standing on the mound getting ready to pitch, and he has a job to do, but the problem is there's all these fans that are yelling at him, and there's one scene where he's in Yankee Stadium, and all these fans are yelling at him, and it's distracting, and he's thinking, man, that's mean, man, these New Yorkers are mean, and he's going on and on, and then all of a sudden, he does his thing, and his thing is this, and this is important for us, because we need, we need to learn this in the church. He says, clear the mechanism and he focuses in on one thing, and that's his job. And he tunes out every, all of a sudden, all of that noise, all of those distractions go silent, and all he can think about is his job, and he pitches. That's what we have to do. I think David is starting this by saying, when I meet with the living God, I should praise him, but I need my whole self to be there. So I think David is calling himself to an intentional, full-on worship. We need to clear the mechanism every, every time we come in here. There's a lot of stuff happening around us. There's a lot of things going on in our lives. I know that you've got families. I know that you've got problems. 
that all needs to be tuned out because we are here to meet the living God. And we can't properly worship God if we are not 100% all in in worship. Anything else is fake, it's false. So how do we do that? I mean, that's a tough thing to do, to come in here every Sunday together with the body of Christ and to be completely focused in and completely all in. That's tough to do, right? David's got the answer for you in verse two. He says, bless the Lord with everything I have from my inmost being. And then he says, forget not all his benefits. Here's the thing. I, I want to make you a promise this morning. I don't do this a lot, but I want to make you a promise. If you will come into worship service, if you will be completely focused on God, who he is, what he's done, what he's all about, if you will clear the mechanism and get completely focused, I promise you will praise God because there is no way you can encounter this holy living God and not worship with all you have. So David says, forget not his benefits. Listen, praising God is, is less about what we do for God. It's about what he's done for us. It's our response to his greatness, to his love, to his holiness. And so he says, he says, forget not his benefits. That's the key. Focus in, clear the mechanism. Focus on who God is, what God's done. So, so we're going to move through this. And the second part of this is the benefits. This is who God is. This is what God's all about. Now, I shared with you last week in the, in the seat in front of you, there's a card. Go ahead and look at it. Go ahead and take it out. If you're in the front row, you might have to reach behind you. There's a card. And on that card is a, a QR code. In this worship series, we are worshiping together, and we want you to respond in worship. And that's, there's many ways you can respond. You can kneel at an altar. You can kneel at your seat. You can close your eyes and pray. You can put your hands up. You can sing as loud as, as you want. There's a lot of ways to respond. But I want to encourage you, as we read through this middle section and talk about the benefits of God, who he is and what he's done, I want to encourage you to respond through that QR code. If you've got a phone, a smartphone, just put your camera on it. Something's going to pop up. You click it, and there's a place for you to put where, what you want to praise God for right there. If you don't have a smart device, that's okay. Turn that piece of paper over, get out a pen, and write your praises to God. We want to praise God today. So listen to what David says the benefits of God are and understand that I'm guessing for every one of us, some of these benefits are going to stick out. They're going to be things that we're going to say, absolutely, that's true about God in my life. If that's you, I just want you to praise God. Praise God for it. Here we go, verse 3. Forget not his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals your diseases. There is not a person in this room that has not sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In fact, I'm going to take it a step further. There's not a person in this room that has not sinned a whole bunch and fallen short a whole bunch. God forgives. God is a forgiving God. 
He heals us spiritually. But it goes on and says, not only does he heal us spiritually and forgive us, he heals our diseases. How many of you would say, God has healed my body? See, God doesn't just care about your soul. He cares about your body too, and he brings healing. How many of you? Come on. God is worthy of praise today. He heals. He forgives. Verse 4, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion because... Every single one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us was destined to a life in the pit, a life void of love and peace and God. But God redeems us from the pit and gives us life and showers us with love and compassion. Is there anyone in here who would say, God loves me, God has redeemed me. Come on, get, get into this, people. This is God we're talking about. This isn't my words, this is God's word. God is worthy of praise today. Don't halfway do it. We're here to worship. Verse five, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. God, God doesn't just help us through the difficult times. God gives us all sorts of blessings. Are any of you blessed by God today? Do you understand that the good things in your life are gifts from God? God is worthy of praise because he's good to us. He blesses us. Verse 6, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Listen, our world is obsessed with justice. The problem is our world doesn't understand that justice only can be found in God. We're obsessed with justice. We're here to worship the God of justice, the God of righteousness. God is worthy of our praise today. He is justice. He is righteousness. Verse 7, he made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. Listen to what David says here. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. A lot of times it's hard for us to praise God because we think, let's, let's get really honest here, we think that God is this God that's looking down waiting for us to mess up so that he can smite us. That's a good church word. Oftentimes we think God's just waiting to smite us because we messed up, right? No, listen to David. Listen to God's word. The Lord is compassionate. The Lord is gracious. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in love. He will not accuse, but he forgives. He doesn't treat us as we deserve. Our God is a God of grace, and every single person in here should say, amen, God is good. Praise the Lord today because God is a God of love. And we don't get what we deserved because God is gracious. And then verse 13 is probably my favorite part. I can relate with this. It says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. And this is going to get a little dark for a second. I want to warn you. He knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are just dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower in the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. Listen to this. And its place 
remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. You know what this is saying? This is saying three generations from now, four generations from now, nobody's going to know who I was. The world is going to forget us. We are mere mortals. We are like a stalk of grass that grows and then blows away in the, end and, in the wind and we're gone. Who are we? But I love what this says, but from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with us. The world's going to forget about you. I don't care how great you are. Your name will pass. People will forget. You are dust in the wind. But God loves you. God loves you as a child and will never forget you. And I remember those days in the emergency room when my babies were born. And I looked at those little alien-looking creatures. And I don't know what the world's going to remember about my kids, if the world's going to remember anything about my kids, but I can tell you this, I love them more than they're ever going to know. We're just a speck. We're just a piece of grass in the wind, but not in God's eyes. We're his children, and he loves us from everlasting to everlasting. His love will never fade Is there anyone that just wants to praise God today for that? You are loved. So these are the benefits. David says, praise the Lord, my soul, with everything within me. I praise the Lord, and here's why. This is who God is. Let me ask you one more question. Is God worthy of everything you have today? Is he worthy? Are you loved? Is he good? Does he take care of you? Does he heal you? Does he forgive you? Is God worthy of our worship today? David continues, verse 19, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all the heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Listen, when we praise God today, we don't praise God by ourselves. We don't praise God just with a few hundred other people. We praise God with all of creation. Everything is praising God because he is worthy. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in your lives. I know there's good things. I know, I know there's football starting today. I love football, but there is nothing more worthy today of our attention, of our focus, of our praise, and the living God. So the worship team's going to come up, and I want to invite you. I want to invite you to a time of worship, and I want to ask you not to worship God partially. I want to ask you not to just sing the words and be distant 
I want to ask you to clear the mechanism, focus in on who God is, and let's join with all of creation and pour our praise out to God today for who He is. Would you do that with me? Stand up. Father, we love you today. Father, we thank you for who you are and we worship you together. So Lord, hear our praises. Help us to pour all we have out to you. We want to worship you together. You are worthy. You are good. You are awesome. We praise you now as your people in Jesus' name. Jesus' wonderful, powerful name we pray.